This morning our sermon series, Stories That Change the World, brings us to what's often called the parable of the talents here in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And I just kind of want us just to jump right on into today's lesson by looking at the Scripture together. <clears throat> Before we work our way verse by verse through today's text, let's just pause and ask the Lord to speak to us clearly today. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, You are the Master Teacher. We are Your disciples. And we sit at Your feet to hear, to listen, to take to heart what You want to teach us today. In this simple and straightforward story, there are many principles that need to be applied to our lives. I pray, God, that You would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our minds to understand, our hearts to receive the truth of Your Word today. Mold us, shape us, fill us, use us as Your servants, faithfully serving You with what You have entrusted to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's just quickly work our way through these 17 verses together, beginning with verses 14 and 15. If you have your Bible open, follow along. Matthew 25, we pick it up with verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on a journey. Notice that verse 14 begins, again, it will be like. It. It what? <laughs> What's the it here in this verse that Jesus is referring to? Well, to find the answer, we actually have to go all the way back to Matthew 25 and verse 1. So look at that with me, would you? It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins. And on it goes. We'll actually pick up that story next Sunday. But for today, like the parable of the ten virgins, this parable of the talents is a story about the kingdom of heaven. We could say that is the end times, perhaps. In specific, it could refer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So then, what is it, the kingdom of heaven, like? Well, Jesus says it's like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now, I think we would be right to picture this as a picture of Jesus, the Master who died, was buried, rose again, and ascended back to His Father in heaven. And while He is gone on this journey, if you will, while He is away before He returns again, in the meantime, He has entrusted to us His property. He has given responsibility to us to oversee His business, the kingdom affairs if you will, until He returns again. Now verse 15 says, to one He gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag. The Greek here literally is the word talent. 
You might recall that a couple Sundays ago in the parable of the unmerciful servant, we discovered that a talent was a measure of gold, about 75 pounds in weight. At today's market value for gold, $1,200 an ounce, one talent of gold would be worth about $1,440,000. And so it's important for us to understand that this was no small amount of money that the master entrusted to his servants. The first servant was given somewhere in the neighborhood of $7,200,000. The second servant was given $2,880,000. The third servant was given $1,440,000 using today's current values. Large sums. Once this man had entrusted all of this property to these servants, then verse 15 concludes, then he went on his journey. Which brings us then to verses 16 through 18. Follow along in your Bible. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And so the first two servants doubled what had been entrusted to them from five to ten, from two to four. But the third servant basically did nothing. (laughs) He went and dug a hole, which we found out, remember when we studied the parable of the hidden treasure? It was not at all uncommon to hide valuables in a hole in the ground. But he dug this hole and just kind of buried the money to keep it safe. He did nothing more with it. Which brings us to verse 19. Look at it. It says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And so this master, notice after a long time, however long that is, probably longer than they imagined, the Bible says he comes back, he settles account, he opens the books, if you will, he calls each of these servants in and specifically one by one, he asks them to give a detailed account of what they had done with what he had entrusted to them. That brings us to verses 20 through 23. Where we read, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now notice that both of these first two servants received exactly the same reward. They were given identical words of praise. The master's commendation in verse 21 and in verse 23, exactly the same. But things were quite different for this third servant. Which brings us to the end of our story, verses 24 through 30. Follow along in your Bible. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, 
harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Seeking to justify his irresponsibility, this third servant makes excuses for himself, citing how he was afraid of the master. And so he just simply returns this one talent that he had buried in the ground. Now, of course, the master, as you see here, is very, very displeased with this. We see that in what he said and what he did to this servant. He called him a wicked, lazy servant. That's pretty strong. And he took the talent of gold away from him and he threw him out, it says, into the darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's pretty harsh. And that's how today's parable ends. That's a look at the Scripture. Now what lessons can we learn from our study of this parable together? There are probably many lessons that we could apply to our everyday lives from the parable of the towns. But let me zero in on three practical principles that stand out to me in this story. Three relevant truths as we think about what Jesus has entrusted us to care for, to manage, to use between now and the time He comes again. Number one, I see a lesson about investment. A lesson about investment. Look again at verse 14. It says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now think about that for just a moment. Don't just skirt over that. What an incredible thought. The Master, Jesus, has entrusted His property to us, His servants. He has given us the responsibility to carry on His business while He is away until He returns. He has made an amazing investment in us. He has placed the management, the stewardship of His affairs in our hands. Uh, The kingdom business is ours. Whoa. Now let me make three quick observations about this truth. Fill in the blanks there in your notes. First of all, each one of us is given responsibility. Each one of us is given responsibility. It's very important that we understand that there is no such thing as a no-talent person. Every one of us has been given something by the Master to be used in His service. All of us have been entrusted with some kind of responsibility. Jesus has made an investment in each one of us in some gift, some ability, some talent, if you will, to be used for His benefit and for His glory. No one can ever excuse himself or herself. Each one of us has been given responsibility. According to our own individual ability. 
according to our own individual ability. Again, verse 15 tells us to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Notice that. Don't miss that phrase. Each according to his ability. This tells us that the Master, Jesus, understands that each of us have different capacities, if you will. It tells us that Jesus knows that some of us are five-talent individuals, some of us are two-talent individuals, some of us are one-talent individuals, but again, nobody is a zero-talent individual. The Lord is aware that we possess varying degrees of capability. Now listen, don't miss this. The Master never gives us more responsibility or less responsibility than what we are able to handle. Because He is God, He gives to you, He gives to me exactly what each of us needs and what each of us has the individual capacity to handle. Each one of us is given responsibility according to our own individual ability and we are accountable only for what is personally entrusted to us. We are accountable only for what is personally entrusted to us. In other words, I'm not responsible for your talents. And you are not responsible for mine. Each one of us is accountable only for what the Master personally entrusts to us. I stand before the Lord for what He has personally entrusted to me. You stand before Jesus for what He has personally entrusted to you. So putting it all together then. Each one of us is given responsibility according to our own individual ability and we are accountable only for what is personally entrusted to us. So the first lesson from today's parable is a lesson about investment. What an incredible thought that Jesus, the Master, has entrusted to us His kingdom responsibility from this day until the day He comes again. An awesome, amazing investment that He has made in you and in me. Number two, I see here a lesson about initiative. A lesson about initiative. What was the basic difference between the first two servants and the third servant? I think the difference was initiative. Notice that the servant entrusted with the five talents and the servant entrusted with the two talents were both hard workers. In fact, look at verse 16 again. It says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. Don't miss those words. At once. Immediately. Without hesitation. That's initiative. It reminds me of one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. In fact, let's read this verse out loud together. Would you read it with me? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. That was sad. You can't read that verse like that. Whatever your hand finds to do. Come on! Let's read it again. One more time. Read it out loud with me. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Yeah, that's the way it's meant to be read. You know what that verse says to me? Whatever it is that the Master has entrusted to us, whatever it is that our hands have found that we are to do for Jesus, 
We are to do it mightily for Him. We're not to do it half-heartedly. We're not to settle for mediocrity. We're not to ever say, well, that's good enough. No! We are to strive for excellence. We are to do the very best we can. We are to give it all that we have got. Perhaps the New Testament counterpart to this Old Testament verse, Colossians 3 and verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. That's the attitude that we must have when it comes to serving Jesus. Paul says we're to do it with all of our heart. Everything. That's initiative. So the first two servants showed initiative, but this third servant showed little or no initiative. Only enough to go and bury this treasure in a hole in the ground. He had no drive, no motivation, no passion, no zeal, no self-discipline. Why is that true? Not only of this servant, but can I just frankly say so many times of us? Why is it that sometimes it's so difficult for us to show initiative? Well, I can identify several reasons right here in today's text. The most chief of which is probably fear. (laughs) Talk about an initiative killer, fear. In verse 25, this third servant admitted, so I was afraid. Sometimes what what hinders our initiative for the Lord is fear. Perhaps we're afraid of failure. Perhaps even more so, we are afraid of what others might think if suddenly we had this passion and this zeal to serve the Lord. And it holds us back. It paralyzes us from just letting go and letting God have all of it as we serve Him. Another initiative killer is laziness. Let's just be frank, huh? Let's call it what it is. Verse 26, the Master nails it. He says, you wicked, lazy servant. Sometimes what hinders our initiative is nothing but pure laziness. And then there's self-pity. Verse 15 ends, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Don't you know that the third servant noticed that the first servant got five? And the second servant got two, and he only got one. Come on. Human nature. I mean, I thought they picked that up pretty good in the little cartoon we watched. It's so tempting when we see ourselves as only a one talent person to excuse ourselves from responsibility by having a little pity party. <laughs> I must not be important. What I have to do, frankly, it won't be missed. I'm just a one-talent person. I'm not like those two-talents and five-talent people. I guess I just don't count. (laughs) And all the initiative is lost. We wallow around in our self-pity. Because so often we want to be that person. (laughs) Or this person. Rather than just being us. One more. No accountability. Another initiative killer is no accountability. In verse 19, it begins, after a long time. Now, I don't know how long a long time is, but I know a long time is a long time. (laughs) Longer than what you thought it was going to be, I guess. 
And could it be that this was a part of the third service problem because the master had been gone so very long in returning that he had lost sight of his accountability? In fact, turn back just one chapter with me to Matthew 24. I want to read a few verses here. Would you do that? Look at it with me in your Bible. Matthew 24, verses 45 through 51. Jesus just kind of nails this whole issue of accountability. He says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the service in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that a servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, where there's no sense of accountability, when we reason, well, you know, hey, come on. Jesus hasn't returned for 2,000 years. He's not going to come today. Come on. I'll I'll take care of it tomorrow. I don't have to worry about it today. I'll just live what I want to do. I'll just do my own thing today. And then tomorrow I'll address it. When we start reasoning like that, we are in deep trouble. There's no initiative if there's no accountability. Now I'm sure there are many other initiative killers besides those four. But my point is, let's put them all aside, shall we? Well, let's go for it. Let's make it happen. Let's do it with all of our mind. Would you agree with me that the Master Jesus desires and deserves our very best as we carry out the business He has entrusted to us? Can I hear an amen? Yeah. So the second lesson from today's parable is a lesson about initiative. Number three, I see here a lesson about inspection. A lesson about inspection. Whatever else this parable of the talents may teach us, certainly the bottom line here is that a day of inspection is coming. (laughs) Again, verse 19 reminds us, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And likewise, someday our master, Jesus Christ, will return to settle accounts with us. It's not if, it's when. The inspection, the audit... (laughs) is coming. It will be payday someday. Now this theme of inspection and accountability is repeated again and again in the New Testament. In Luke 16 and verse 2, Jesus reminds us that we'll each have to give an account of your management. Read Romans 14 and verse 12 out loud with me. Let's read this one together. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Yeah, we will. Again, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And Peter reminds us in 1 Peter 4 and verse 5 that we will have to give an account to Him who is ready to judge. Now I want you to notice the stark contrast between the inspection of the first two servants and the inspection of the third servant. I put a chart there in your notes. Would you look at it with me real quick? 
Kind of look at the difference here. The first and second servants receive commendation from the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. Whereas the third servant received confrontation. You wicked, lazy servant. The first two servants had responsibility added because of their faithfulness. I will put you in charge of many things, the master says. Whereas the third servant had responsibility deleted. Take the talent from him. The first two servants were rewarded. Come and share your master's happiness, whereas the third servant was punished. Throw that worthless servant outside. Why such a stark contrast between the inspection of the first two servants and the inspection of the third servant? What's the bottom line here anyway? I mean, let's kind of just cut through it all right now. And let's just kind of get to the bottom line. What is this parable really all about? In one word. Faithfulness. Yeah, faithfulness. Verse 21, verse 23, both record the same words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. Isn't that what we want to hear? See, that's the bottom line, I think, of this parable. When Jesus comes again to inspect our lives, this is what He's going to be looking for. He's going to be looking for faithfulness. He'll be inspecting to see if we have been faithful stewards and managers of anything and everything that He has entrusted to our care. Faithfulness. And so the third lesson from today's parable is a lesson about inspection. Three lessons, three timeless principles from today's parable. A lesson about investment, a lesson about initiative, and a lesson about inspection. Stories that change the world. This morning we've taken a closer look at Matthew 25 and this parable of the talents. I want us to close by reading a very penetrating question that Jesus Himself asked in Luke 18 and verse 8. I want us to read this question out loud together. Let's, let's just read this. When I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who are truly faithful? Hmm. Now there's the question. Jesus says, when I come again, how many of you servants am I going to find who are truly, truly faithful?